Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to the Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. (laughs) You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast, hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guests. And today's guest is Brianna Kavanaugh, and she has a podcast called Fat Girl Finds Love. So welcome, Brianna. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. Hey, thank you. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Um, My podcast, I started because I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to have a relationship that wasn't a dumpster fire. And then um, when I learned all those skills, I realized that I could share those skills. And then I realized that really... Uh, fat people don't have don't have our love stories told like ever basically and so I was like oh let's bring all of these things together let's tell fat stories and maybe get some relationship skills in there and of course then it's also an excuse for me to talk about everything about sex and sex and all the sex things and (laughs) made me very happy (laughs) yes and I I think people seem to think that weighty people do not have as good love lives as skinny people and that's so not true i have you know the company that i worked for or work for um a lot of our consultants are on the heavy side and those girls got stories (laughs) and i'm like of course everybody loves i mean i mean i guess everybody doesn't love sex but like certainly fat folks have a lot of sex or however you want to say that some people say higher weight folks you know they you know whatever Right. Um, but yeah, definitely. I've had a lot of sex. And in fact, I've had a lot more sex than a lot of other people because I wanted to. Right. And <laughs> uh, and so then when I, every now and then when I get like a little low self-esteem day and I'm like, oh, you're fat. I was going to love you. And I'm like, mm, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or what's really funny is when I lose weight, every now and then I'll lose weight and I'll get back to it. And I'll be like, mm, I'm looking good. Like I'm feeling myself my husband gets so jealous, like really, really jealous when I, cause my personality stays the same, but then the guys start flirting back with me and, and, uh, and he gets super jealous and I get mad. Cause I was like, dude, if, if you really think that I'm just faithful to you, cause I was too fat to fuck somebody else. Cause that's not true. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that's not fair. I get a little bit mad. I'm like, listen, yeah. If I was inclined to cheat, I can do it at any weight I wanted to. I didn't That's have right. to get thin to cheat. I just, right. I'm here because I love you. That's right. As it should be. Right. But it's, it is funny because it, when I start to lose weight, it's almost immediate. Like I hit one weight and all of a sudden he's like, why are you at that bar? How long, when are you going to be home? Who are you hanging out with? And I was like, dude, chill. Get it together. <laughs> yeah. He does not harass me when I'm over 200 pounds. So, so I try to remind myself, I'm like, you know what? Just be comfortable being over 200. It'll just save you all of that. (laughs) Yeah, that's intense. 
It's kind but of stupid. <laughs> it's nice to be flirted with regardless. It is true. That's true. But, and and it, I've just, I have a flirty personality is what it is. And it doesn't matter if I'm, I'm talking to guys or I'm talking to girls or I'm talking to kids. It's, it's a playful personality is what it is. Yeah. And, and playfulness inspires is like part of the like kind of temptress archetype. And that's one of the things that really draws in sexuality and especially yeah men really like play in their sexuality yeah. and so it just draws them right in like little flies to a little moth that's very oh. charming well i will not be uh testing the theory because i am married but you know if i ever happen to be single again then i will practice my playfulness that's right <laughs> playfulness is, i think is really important i mean it's you know definitely i find that the more uh what i realize is if i want to have sex at a time that is not necessarily convenient for my partnership i put on a little cute little thing and i'm really playful it's like oh yes okay now we're gonna have some sex <laughs> oh, i just go do it myself <laughs> there's always that option um but you know sometimes i don't want to do it myself that's true that's all sometimes i do want to do it myself yeah sometimes you're just like oh, i'm good then you take a few minutes to yourself. <laughs> yeah, we actually have um, separate bedrooms so that um, at first it was because um, my sweetheart is a really light sleeper. And so in the middle of the night, I would wake up and turn over and, and he'd be mad. And I was like, why are you mad? He's like, you woke me up. And so eventually uh, when we started living together, um, we had this whole conversation, but he, I was, I was like, you could sleep in your own bed. It's, it's okay. And I realized that at first I was like, I'm getting a lot less sex. And then I was like, okay, you know what I need? I just need a few more toys and then I can have whatever I want anytime I want. Exactly. <laughs> and it was really fun. Yeah. I don't like to be touched when I'm sleeping. Um, so like neither that. my husband nor I are snugglers because I just get really hot. Like as soon as like, I'll be freezing. And if you wrap yourself around me in like 15 seconds, I'm like, ah, get off, hot, ah, hot. Is it okay to ask like how old you are? Are you doing the like peripocalypse thing? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm 52, but I've always been that way. Like oh, yeah. since we first got together. So we have a king size bed and you know, some nights he'll just, he gets close, he'll like get to the middle and I'll be like, mover. <laughs> You're too close. Don't touch me. I find that just in the last like year or so, I'm like, wow, every who turned off the thermostat? What is happening? Yeah. Um, and so when he was like, maybe I'll sleep downstairs, I was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I am I'm hot here. all the time from that now too. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's like they just turned up the thermostat. What is happening in the world? <sighs> it's been happening to me. We'll be watching movies because we have family movie night pretty fairly recently since we're all home because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And we're working our way through the Marvel universe. Matter of fact, we're down to like the last three movies. And, but I'll be sitting there and all of a sudden I'll be like, God damn, it's hot. And everybody's sitting and they're like in their blankets. And I'm just like, nobody, nobody, nobody. <laughs> and then like, 15 minutes later, I'll be snuggled up in a blanket again. I'm like, okay, I see what's happening here. Yeah. I see it. I don't like it. Sure it no, what the hell? Like, yeah, nobody, this is, I did not sign up for this. Yeah. 
It's like and, you go from the one extreme to the other extreme and anyway, I'm not into yeah. it. It's, I did read it's like a flu. <laughs> yeah, like a like a 15 minute long yeah. flu. Um, I did recently read that women who have more sex, like regular sex, have an easier time during uh, perimenopause and menopause. Really? Yeah. Mm. So I, I keep telling people this and being like, so have lots of sex <laughs> as much as you want. I think sex is good for everything. It's good for yeah. migraines. It's good for uh, pain of all kinds. Pain of all kinds. Period cramps. Um, Relaxation. Endorphins. Having yeah. trouble sleeping. All of it. All of it. Just sex, masturbate, whatever. Yep. It's true. It's it orgasms. Orgasms were God's gift. That's right. To, to me, I think. To me, personally. He's like Ray Ray. Yeah, yeah. It's right there on the outside where you can find it accidentally. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah yeah all right i always figured this it's there for a reason god god put their prostate gland up where they can't find it like it's up in there you know because if guys could reach their own prostate gland then we would have been never. the hunters and the gatherers and they would have been the sit right. in the corner masturbators yeah right? we never but, they never would have gotten anything done ever but he knew we were gonna get shortchanged, so he's like here Right, riding a horse, shimmying up the the stripper pole. Well, I was gonna say stripper <laughs> pole. I was thinking it happened in like second grade, so it was the swing set. But yeah, the stripper pole probably also getting too close to the washing machine during the spin cycle. I mean, God was like, "It's right there, girl. It's right there, Kitty. Get it, girl." It's also right where your hands end. Your arms end. <laughs> exactly. It was like right there. Just have at it. <laughs> That's hysterical. It has to be on purpose, isn't it? Yeah. I think, well, that or for wiping. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Dang it with the logic. Yeah. I had too logical, too logistical. Oh, I threw my back out the other day, pretty hardcore. And everybody's always like, you feel better yet? And it's like, I'm, I'm almost there. And, and the drop off is when I'm back to normal is when I can wipe my ass in my preferred way. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. When I don't have to try and find another way to get there because my back hurts, that's when I'm back to normal. <laughs> we, Anybody um, with um, back pain definitely relates to that. <laughs> yes, for sure. We also installed bidets, like so that um, <sighs> I, I want know, one. Like, it is the best. It is the best thing because then I have the cleanest butt ever, right? And they ha it has a. <laughs> I, I started telling people it's the front butt and the back butt, right? Because they have two things and they'll spray both of them. Um, and then one of my friends went in there and found the oscillating function. And she's like, I may never come out. Right. I was just thinking literally when you said it, I was like, huh, I wonder what the uh, tilt rate is on that. Like, How far forward can you get? You can, you can set it any way you want. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should definitely try it out. Um, once we, once we got them installed and we have people over, um, I'm always like, you should try it. You should definitely try it. Yeah. And some people stay in there a long time. <laughs> I couldn't figure out the knob. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's well, good. We have another bathroom. Exactly. I, um, back when I was young, I was 18, 19. I was, I was 18. Um, when I was married the first time. 
and there was a, a girl who lived down the street from me, a woman who lived down the street from me. And, you know, back then I was very vanilla about everything. I had no, anyway, she told me about laying in the bathtub and letting the water from the nozzle just land on her. And she was like, it was the best orgasm I've ever had. And I was like, that's so freaky. Who fucking does that? And, you know, and now I'm like with my shower head and I'm like, that's such a good idea. Why did I wait so long to try that? <laughs> I, that was one of my first orgasms was, um, I discovered that in the, in the bathtub and I was like, Oh, Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> and then yeah. my parents were like, get out of the bathtub. What are you doing? Oh, oh my uh, grandson discovered the jets in my pool the last time he was here. <laughs> he's, just, nice. he's just fooling around and all of a sudden he was just, it was funny because there was a bunch of us just watching him to make sure he doesn't die. And all of a sudden he just goes, oh, oh, <laughs> we're like, oh, he discovered the jet. <laughs> like smart <Nice>. kid. <laughs> But you could totally tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, pre- it was pretty obvious when he found that jet. <laughs> nice. Well done. Yeah. I forgot about the, the, the tub thing. That's a good one. Just hits. It just flows and hits. and. Hmm. But you got to get it in the right. I've noticed now that I tried it in a bunch of different places that like, uh, like different places, different places. I mean, like different bathtubs in different like. Mm-hmm places in the world and I've discovered that some of them like they're just too shallow like they just don't quite get all the way out oh because yeah. if it goes far enough out you can just back up but if it's too close like yeah my butt is a certain size like I can't <laughs> cannot change it so I recommend you know I definitely recommend trying it but then I feel like if you bring if you like I try to figure out what I could like sort of jury rig to like make it so that I could use it in a place I was like if I brought a funnel and some duct tape and then I was like mm, you're gonna MacGyver it. that fucking orgasm <laughs> it's going to happen I actually just um in the shower uh, just lean against the wall and then just sluice the water down to where I want it to be yeah it's a good idea yep just but runs then down I was the in body. Montreal, and I was like, "This is not working." And the shower is separate from the bathtub, and I was like, "Ah." So, yeah. what I did instead was I came home and I brought um, one vibrator, a small travel size vibrator for every single bag that I own. I was like, <laughs> "This is never happening again." Okay, but I don't think they're child size vibrators. We don't make vibrators for children. <laughs> No, did I say child? You said child size. I meant travel size. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, maybe you size. did. Like, maybe you did say travel size and I just heard child size. <laughs> but talking about the good. Yeah, no, travels it has to be like uh, you know, something that's discreet. Right. Um uh but I, and I also noticed that uh one time when I went through the you know, we're not traveling anymore for a while, but I went through TSA and this guy pulls me aside and he's like, I need to look in your bag. And I was like, okay. And he starts pulling out all of this stuff. And of course, like, you know, I travel, I used to travel pretty regularly. So there's all kinds of stuff in there. And he's like, he's like, there are these three things. And one of them, I was like, well, that's a hair clip. And I pulled it out and, and I can't remember what the other one was. And he's like, and what is that? And I was like, oh, I was like, that's a vibrator. Do you want me to pull it out? He's like, no, 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 no. You could just go. 
They're so dumb. You know they're doing that on purpose to try and embarrass you. There's no fucking way they don't know what a vibrator looks like. They're in TSA. It's like as though it were a new idea. Right. So I have a fun TSA story. I was going down to Orlando to do a party for a friend of mine who had actually just joined my company. So she had the basic kit. And I was bringing down what we what I used to call the big dogs. And they're the ones that don't come in the kit, but I'd been in the business for a number of years. So I had like three or four of these really large toys. And the toy themselves are it, were not large. That's the thing everybody gets freaked out about because they're like, oh my God, look how big that is. And I'm like, yeah, but half of it's battery pack. This is back in the day where, you know, four inches of the toy would be for the four AA batteries that you needed for it. And then the rest of it, I'm like, this is four inches. This is the part where it's going to stop because you have, you know, a clitoral thing on it. And then the rest is battery pack. So chill, fuckers, chill. But anyway, I had um, three or four of them in my carry-on because I, I was only going down for the weekend and I don't need a lot of shit. And so I go to the, t- to, to the I put it on the belt and I go through and I get x-rayed and I come and all of a sudden I see my bag stop and it goes, zzz, zzz it's going back and forth and this guy's just like staring at the screen and then he looks up and and he sees and he sees me and I wave to him with a big smile on my face and then he snaps his head back down and pushes the button and goes and they go flying off the end and and I'm like he knew exactly what they were he wanted to see who was bringing them and he was probably expecting Pamela Anderson he wasn't expecting this chubby 45 year old to just be traveling down to Florida where they're three best friends. Um, but I still would love to hear that story from his perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, they're just, but, and then um, more than once I've pulled my suitcase off the uh, carousel vibrating. Like my husband pulls yeah. one, he goes, this one's vibrating. And I was like, oh, it's probably the vibrator. So I like literally just stop right there and I open it. I'm like, yeah, it was the vibrator because I do not care. And I just turned it off because they're always demo models. Yeah. Like my personal toys don't vibrate. So if it's vibrating, it ain't mine. <laughs> I do love a vibrator. Although I really love just very specific ones. I don't love them all. Some of them are too fuzzy or too intense like I eventually I had one of those Hitachi ones um, ones years ago the ones that plug into the wall Mm -hmm. and um because everybody's like oh these are so great and I um you know I was young and I saved my little pennies and I got it and then I tried it and I was like oh my god this is the worst thing ever yeah um and eventually I learned that you can put a towel under the head of it and to diffuse some of those vibrate vibrations but I was like no 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 like I'm gonna be vibrated apart if I use this we've had some that like I had one it was a little bullet and it was a teeny tiny one but it was like we called the tic-tac on crack and I was like this one will shoot your clitoris until next Thursday so hit it now and then next Thursday go find your clitoris and come back because no but I have a very I'm just very my whole body like I said I don't like to be snuggled with I don't like to be touched like this I just it, I actually cut my hair because when I would have a long hair and it would fall down and it would rub on my arm. I'd be like, oh, like, what is that? Like, I always thought there was a spider on me. Oh, you're I very am sensitive. Very sensitive. So I um, don't like toys that vibrate because it just makes me numb. It desensitizes me almost immediately. And then the same thing, I have ADHD. So the lights, no, no flashing lights, thank you very much. And no noise. Like, I really need to focus in order to have an orgasm. So 
I like glass doors because because they're a little bit colder than your body so it draws your attention and you're just like what's going on and then uh they don't make any noise yeah I um so in my 20s and 30s like I you know I liked having sex and I had sex with plenty of people but penetration was never really my thing and then um I went on a sex vacation now I've been on a few sex vacations they're great and um what's a sex vacation you just don't do it for a while or you do it a lot (laughs) oh no so um we go to this place in cancun oh okay one of those like a sex vacation yeah with a lot of our friends and some friends of ours introduced me to the enjoy 11 which is it's not glass but it's metal it is also colder than body temperature and i had thought for years i didn't like um like any kind of heat or cold play because i it don't I'm not I'm I'm not as sensitive as you but I'm pretty sensitive and so a lot of the sort of ex- more extreme things are just they're too much sensory overload um but then he tried that and I was like oh hello um and that's when I realized that I like uh the you know deep penetration and also that the cold thing is actually very erotic when it's not like ice cold ice right that I cannot stand but like a little bit of temperature play rather than like everything is frozen. I'm cool with just like room temperature. And so when we used to have glass toys, which our company does not anymore, I would sell a lot of them because I would tell people, take this toy, just put it, it's room temperature. Now your body's 98.6 and the room is maybe what, 72 degrees. So just take it, put it on the inside of your elbow, feel how cold that is and feel after you pass it around, how long your arm, how long you feel it there. Because all your blood flow just went there to say, oh, hey, what happened? Let's, we got to get this back to normal temperature. So I would sell a lot of them because I would just demo it that way. I'm like, just put it in the crook of your elbow. And all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, hello. And it's the same thing when it's a little bit warmer. And I have my husband one time, he was, he was sick. He, he, He wasn't sick, but he had a fever and we don't know why he had a fever because he wasn't sick. So you know, it's like Thursday afternoon, which is our afternoon nooner sex. And he goes, want to have sex? I'm like, sure. So we go. And like half an hour later, I can still feel the heat inside of me. And I was like, Ooh. and I'm glad I figured out that you could just warm up a toy like that because I mean, I was about to kill that motherfucker trying to give him a fever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. That sounds delightful. So for I'm somebody who's figured that out so that he can live. Yeah. So, but for somebody who's, uh, you know, and I have people, they don't like bullets. There's a lot of people who love bullets. Like that's their, the core of their life. I cannot stand them. Uh, and so for the people who are out there who think, you know, if I don't like vibration, there's nothing out there for me. There's glass toys, there's metal toys, there's quartz toys, which is stone. And there's a lot of things that they feel really good. Did you say squirt toys no no quartz oh quartz toys i was like oh okay a lot of toy a lot of toys can be squirt toys (laughs) (laughs) yes that's the other thing i discovered with my my sweetheart is he figured out how to make me squirt i was like wow that's new and exciting yeah i think i'm afraid of that like i just don't want to deal with any mess yeah that (laughs) was a thing now we have um their squirt pads and figuring that out was a really interesting I was like and and then this is a mess 
Wait, 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 wait. Is it, is it something that you buy at the sex toy store called a squirt pad or is it just a puppy pad that you just put down on your bed? (laughs) No, they're, what are they called? They're like Venus pads. Oh, okay. For people to like free bleed, you know, when you're sleeping. Oh, yeah. Um, But they were recommended by um, a group of women that I'm part of who were like, try this. Um, And they're, they're, big giant like they're like this you can't see me because this is a podcast but they're like this big so they're big enough for me to like lie on and roll around on and there's a big circle so they like go all the way up to my shoulders all the way down almost to my knees like they're big Um, you would need that that if you're a (laughs) perimenopausal that's right um to soak up all of the juices i'm just very juicy now I'm just, I was thinking like it, you're to wake up in a pool of your own blood every morning and how much better does the day get from there on out? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So yeah, no, I've definitely soaked through those things. And so my sweetheart washed them. We have like three or four of them. And then we do travel with like disposable oh, puppy pads. Perfect. And it's surprisingly easy. I thought it was going to be a mess, but... So let's go and talk about the sex vacations again. Now, is okay. it one of like one of those all inclusives temptations? What is the there's one desire is the one we go to. All right. So, and then there's another one hedon, hedonism, hedonism or something. Yeah. So good. that's that's what you do. Well, so we go with a group of folks um who are like queer kinky sex positive folks because those so the the resort that we go to um and the ones that i've heard about are are swinger resorts right you go there as a couple and you you have to go with a partner Mm -hmm. um and then they're sort of set up for to help people like meet each other and they're like events and things um and ostensibly meet people and you have sex with them but the problem ends up being that not all swingers are kind of my people, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and so I never really wanted to do any of that because I'm not, I'm not really one of those people. Um, but then I came across this group that's doing like a poly non-monogamous, you know, swinger inclusive, but kinky and queer and you know i'm i'm in california like i'm all the flavors of weird and freaky and all this stuff and so i wanted to go with people who would enjoy each other not just for sex i mean sex is great and sex with other people is great and all of that stuff but i wanted it also to feel like community and friends and um and so yeah actually some of my now very good friends are um are people that we go to on this vacation with every year so for you know one week a year we go and we take over the whole resort um, just this group and we just have a really good time together. Oh, okay. So it's like a sex club. Yeah. But with people, you know, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty good. And so we get to take all of our toys and they have all kinds of like people. So we kind of take over their schedule as well. So we do, there's like classes and events and stuff. And there's like a, all kinds of mixers where you can meet people, but like, but like a queer mixer and like, uh, you know, sex toy show and tell kind of a situation, you know, where it's like the idea is kind of low expectation, but high possibility of connection, you know, cool. so that it's not, doesn't feel so much like a sex club where there's lots of pressure to like do perform, no performance pressure. Well, that's good. Yeah. 
So what are the classes like? There's all kinds of different things, like almost anything you could think of. Like one of them was um, Tristan Taramino did, has done a class several times on how to how to run a gangbang. Okay. Which was really, it's very fun. Or like, you know, sex toy show and tell. There was one that was like a group massage where like, you know, people come and massage each other and um, there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, and people, some of the people who run it, like I think there was, there's like two or three different people who are involved in podcasts who run it. So it started with the Life on the Swing Set folks um, who I think are swingers, right? And then there's the By the By people um, who also have a podcast and they're now, you know, involved in running it. Um, so I, I I have not, this is, this would have been our fourth one, but of course it is canceled because the world is on fire. Um, but, but it's fun. And now I've gotten to know all these people. And so I just like them. And right now we're just hanging out on the internet, but some of them I've had lots of great sex with. That's awesome. Yeah. Probably not something you're going to see sponsored by stand-up comedy sex ed, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I'm not trying to. No, I just, it's like, I I'm learning so much from doing this podcast. I'm talking to all kinds of people that I never would have met before who are in all kinds of situationships. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. this is fascinating. Yeah. One of the <laughs> things I wanted to do with my podcast was just to get all these different stories out there. I feel like there's this, we have these cultural stories that are like, this is how people have sex, or this is how fat people have sex, or this is how this particular kind of queer people have sex or lesbians have sex, whatever it is. And it's like, well, actually people have sex in lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of kinds of ways. And, right. um, and yeah, I hope that you have sex in all the ways that you want to have sex. But I think if we don't talk about it, then people don't know. And it, it kind of is this barrier to trying new things because the cultural story says we have sex this way. Right. Missionary position twice a week, every now and then oral favors. <laughs> I mean, but if you were a bad way to have sex, right? I like missionary position. It's pretty good. Well, it's but... best for my back. So yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. I, um, it's just not my favorite position though. But yeah, exactly. There's all kinds of other things. Right. And um, I think everybody should try anything that they want to try. I think a lot of people are just stuck because we don't talk about sex enough. Um, and we don't talk about different kinds of sex. There's so many people who just, it's sad because it just becomes weird because it's not normal to them, but really it's normal to a lot of other people. And it's just a matter of letting people hear and, and be open. And a lot of people are resistant. Like, I mean, I've been in my company for a number of years. There's been a lot of, res you know, resistance, like, Oh, I don't do that. Right. And I'm like, but what is it that you don't do? Like, and, and of course they can't say what they don't do because they don't have the words. And then somebody convinces them to come to our party. And then I just, you know, give them all the information and like, Oh, like, that's interesting. Still not for me. But then they come to another party and they're like, ah, I want to try this. And, you know, and then they come to another party and like, I'm ready to try this. And it's, I mean, I don't want to say a party is a gateway drug, but it's an, it's an <laughs> educational thing where you're just like, and you're listening to other people talk about how great their sex is. Yeah. And the things that they like to do and everybody's like, well, nobody has butt sex. And then you got four people who go, I do. I love it. And then you got three people like I've tried it and I hated it. And then I've got my statistics that, 
you know, 40% of people have tried anal and 25% of them, it's on their regular to-do list. It's on their menu. It's shit that they like to do. So if you don't want to do it and you've never done it, statistically, you're in the higher range, but statistically, 40% of the people who have done it, that's still millions and millions and millions of people. And statistically, yeah. And then statistically, 25%, that's millions and millions and millions of people. So people just need to have, or they like it and they don't know how many other people are doing it and they think they're weird for it. And like, you're not. Somebody's probably having butt sex right now. Oh, absolutely. There's probably millions of people having butt sex right now. (laughs) Now, am I one of those people? I have not done that. You know, and it's, it's not that I'm thoroughly opposed to it but remember how i said earlier i'm not a big fan of mess but also my husband's not interested like he's just not it's not his thing i found that um so i had a partner very when i was very young who who was very interested in anal sex and um i like you don't have to so i feel like starting with starting with the full thing with putting a penis in, in your butt is a lot. Like you can start with like, right. small things like fingers, but you can also start with their little tiny, like, um, little butt they? plugs. Well, yes. Thank you. Little butt plugs. If you want to do that. And I want to say the other thing is most of the time, my experience is most of the time anal sex is not any more messy than any other kind of sex. I wouldn't most imagine so. I, uh, it's really, there's only poop in your butt when you're, when you need to poop. Right. I actually, I did a little research on this a while ago because I did want to be a full service person and I explained service it, provider provider. Like I want to give the information. So when somebody's like, you know, what's butt sex? Like, well, I haven't done it, but you know, here's some information. So it was the easiest way for me to explain it for people who don't understand is, you know, how, when you are about to embark on a long journey you say to yourself, well, before I go and drive two and a half hours or three hours or 27 hours, I'm going to go pee. And even if you don't have to pee, you can still pee a little bit. Like almost every time you can, you know, except if you're at the doctor's office and you need to pee in the cup and then all of a sudden your bladder's like, fuck you, I'm not going to help. But almost always you can pee. If you said, I'm going to poop before I go on this trip, there's nothing you can do to make yourself poop. It's either there or it's not there. And if it's not there, you ain't got to worry about it. All right. And so will there be a little? Sure. Have you ever emptied an entire tube of toothpaste? There's always still a little bit of toothpaste in there. But it's not like you're just going into a tube of toothpaste. So. Yes. Often there's nothing in there. Uh, you can, and you can do things like enemas to clean it all out. Anyway, we don't have to go. Yeah. Into, I, I don't know everything about all of these things, but I, I, I like to encourage people to I'm one of those people try everything once people. Right. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Try it. See if you like it. Right. You always say no. Well, you don't have to, of course, try anything you don't want to try. Of course. Of course. Right. But you, you should have a little bit of, of information. Yes. You know, because information is key to changing how you think about things and being able to open doorways to new information. Uh Doorways like the back door. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever door you want, honey. But I mean, Like, for instance, if you're going in the back door, you should make sure you have a significant lubricant. I I had always thought specifically a silicone lubricant because it doesn't soak in and it lasts longer. But then uh, I was on someone else's podcast and they said not necessarily, but you do need something to make it slippery or it will not be fun. 
Yes, it's true. So at least people should have that piece of information, but the and now there are these things, these like lube shooter things that you can actually put up there to make sure that the lube gets all the way up rather than like, you know, you put it on the end of the thing and it goes a little way and then you have to take it out and put more anyway. Yeah. So they're like very inexpensive. You can just put the lube all the way up inside. So a lube Possibly. shooter? Yes. Possibly more information than you want, but you know, all these things are now available that, you know. Hey, it's called stand-up comedy sex ad. We're giving people some stuff they didn't know. I didn't know That's lube true. shooters existed. It's cool. I, I... Um, yeah, I, I discovered them playing with someone a few years ago. I was like, oh, yeah, he brought one. He was like, here, you just put right it up in there. And I was like, wow, really? It was very exciting. That is exciting. It's good information yeah. to have. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to use it. Yeah. And then the lube that is on the, that you put on the toy, which is what, you know, you're normally told doesn't immediately sort of vanish because there's already some in there. Yeah, there's already some. You're pre-lubricated. Right. You also like should be honest. careful if you put silicone lube on silicone toys. It's bad for your toys. It can break them down. But yes, that is also true. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like it's its own its own topic of like how many different kinds of lubes there are and what are they for? What are they good for? And what are they? Yeah. It's episode three of Stand-Up Comics X. <laughs> it's lube. <laughs> no, four X. Four. Maybe four. I don't know. It's one, it's one of the first couple of ones we, we go over a lot of lube. Yeah, because that's it's the core of it's the core of why I got into doing what I do was that I was 38 years old and I had never used lubricant because nobody had ever said, hey, you know, it would make this feel good right now, lubricant. So like right up right off the bat, I'm like, let's talk about lube. Yes, yeah, lube is great. Can I tell you my story a little bit of how I got into doing sex? Hell yeah. Quite different than how a lot of people do. Um, and I thought maybe people would like to know this. So when I was 15, 16, I was actually doing a lot of, um, volunteer work for the Red Cross. Um, I was involved in their like leadership development, uh, program. And I met this woman, um, uh, who took me to a bunch, bunch of like AIDS education things. And this was in 1991. So low these many years ago. Um, and I was just fascinated by all this HIV stuff. And then I met a woman who had gotten HIV from, um, from like straight sex. And at the time, everybody was saying how, you know, HIV was, you know, the gay disease and all of right. this really stupid, shitty, outdated, ridiculous, homophobic bullshit. Um, and one of the things that happened was as soon as I started meeting people who, first of all, they weren't gay. I mean, many of my friends are gay and I'm queer identified, but the point was like, this is just not a queer, it's not a true narrative. Like it didn't make sense. Um, and was endangering lots and lots of people's lives. I started doing all this research about sex. Um, even though I had never had sex, I was like, this is really fascinating. Like, how is this happening and what's happening and what, you know, like, why are we telling this story? Like, it seemed very bizarre to me that like, even though lots of people were getting this disease that we were like blaming it on gay men, which is like the weirdest, like, mm -hmm. it's really bizarre to me. And, you know, I was 16. I didn't know any better. Um, and I was also in the process of coming out as being bisexual. And so I was like, oh, this is really not okay. And so I did all this research on understanding sex and understanding. I went to the Red Cross has a blood conference, like a blood supply conference. And I, because I was a volunteer, I just got to sit in on all these sessions and listen to people talk about the blood supply and how people were telling people to give, like, 
to donate blood in order to get an HIV test and like all these things now that we'd be like, don't do that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I remember early nineties, long ago, right. uh, in a land not that far away. And I was like, this is, this is insane. Like, why are we doing this? And, um, and so I had, I ended up with all this information about sex, just like massive amounts of information, how to have safe, safe anal sex, how to like have, you know, all this stuff about what condoms works and how they worked and lube and all this stuff. Um, and I'd never had sex before. Um, and eventually like, you know, a year or so later, I found a nice sweetheart and started having, you know, not full sex, but like, you know, oral sex and, you know, stuff, mm -hmm. but not, not full sex. Um, and I was like, this is basically the best thing ever. Why don't we do this like a hundred percent of the time? <laughs> like, it's happening. And so, um, it wasn't very, you know, I think we were together, I don't know, most of the year before we ended up having full sex. Um, but like it was, I had such the best time. I was like, this is the best thing ever. And so as soon as like people around me were like, things like, Hey, do you want to go to this sex party? And I was like, sex party. Oh, sex, the sex. Yeah. This seems like a great idea. Uh, and so very quickly I got involved with like all this sex positive stuff and kink community. And just because because I had all the information so early and I had a lot of choice about what I wanted to do with my body. Um, even though I don't think that any adult around me had any idea that I was getting all of this information. <laughs> um, and some of them definitely would have been like, you don't need that information. Um, it turned out to be quite life-changing because I knew a lot of information even before I had sex. So I felt very ready to have sex when I did. And, uh, and it was a really good time. Unlike a lot of people who's, you know, first times are, you know, are horrible, horrible, coercive, all of this stuff. I had a really good time. And so I just want to, I just always want to be like, you can have a really good time too. <laughs> right. Well, that's the importance of knowledge. Knowledge is power, right? Yeah. When, when you, my, so my youngest did not have sex until she was in college. And she said it was be she's because I asked her about it once and she says, yeah, I just never felt I needed to. Like, I knew what it was about. I knew what it was for. I knew all of these things. Like, it just, I just didn't feel like I needed it, you know? Yeah. And then when she was ready, I still think that her entrance to sex wound up not being what I would have hoped it to be. See podcast number 11 <laughs> or whatever Very it was. Common. College right. girls, uh, they're, they're not orgasming. Yeah. And they because were, they're not getting the information, which makes me feel really bad. Cause I feel like she should like, I feel like it was because it was so prevalent in our conversations with me and her sisters. I never really had a conver actual conversation with her. Mm -hmm. And so she missed out on a lot of it. So then I felt really horrible because I'm a big fan of good sex. Same. I'm a big fan of orgasms. Same. So so that's why I do this. Got any funny sex stories? Um, when I met my sweetheart, his opening line was, hey, aren't you dating my friend? <laughs> <laughs> and, and my first thought was, yeah, I'm about to break up with your friend. Nice. Uh, and so I had what is probably the most awkward, like, 
second date that I've ever had with anyone, which is I had my first date with him like the, you know, a couple days later. And then the three of us got together to like have a, have an evening together like a few days later. And uh, it was so awkward because theoretically there's all this like openness and communication, but really everyone was so like, I was so awkward and I didn't know what to say. And all like all these relationships were very new and the second guy who turns out to be my, my sweetheart, um, he, like, I, we were super into each other and I was going about to break up with the first one and he was really awkward and it was very awkward. And so <laughs> I was shocked was like, he, cause you know, we'd been on like one date, like when it told me that he went into work and he told everybody he had a new girlfriend, he's so excited. Right. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then the other one was like, oh, we should figure out what to call ourselves. And I was like, done. We should call ourselves done. It's like, oh. oh. No. So yeah. it didn't turn into a threesome is what you're saying. No. <laughs> no. And it turned out that the two of them had known each other from Boy Scouts when they were like eight years old. Are they still friends? Oh, yeah. They are still friends. And actually, it turns out we're all friends and fine. But I was like, this is the most awkward day in the history of days. Like, I don't know what to do. And on top of it, I was making dinner and I had forgotten that one of them was allergic to something I put in the food. And so like, it just got like the whole thing. You know. <laughs> do not recommend. Wait so, maybe a little further into the relationships before you try to attempt to have a three-way dinner among the most awkward people in awkward of ever. Right. So there's definitely that. I've also had sex like up against another couple, like, you know, we're all, all in this giant bed and, um, yeah. And then like our butts were touching, but there wasn't enough lube to actually make anything like make enough friction. So I was like <laughs> stuck on somebody else's butt up against <laughs> like while trying to have sex with my partners on the other side. That was definitely awkward. No, the closest I ever got to that was having sex in the same room or two other people were having sex in a completely different bed <laughs> in a, and we were both pretending that we were not having sex. So it was <laughs> Shh, be very wired quiet. We're not right. having sex. Yeah. We're no, you know, like nobody admitted that we were doing that. So it wasn't like a kinky thing. It was just like a lazy thing. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite scenes, like sort of kinky scenes I've ever like had the good fortune to be able to watch. Um, and don't worry, this is like, it's, you know, not too, doesn't shouldn't require that much of a trigger warning so there was this um it was a ostensibly a straight scene a woman beating a, a dude um but she was dressed up she put it on an apron and she what she did was she got out all of her cooking utensils like she got out a whisk and a wooden spoon and a mixing bowl and a cookbook and basically like it basically was like putting on a show where we were like watching her uh, make a meal out of him. And it was hilarious. Cause she would like spank him with the wooden spoon and whisk him a little bit and like <laughs> read from her cookie book. Anyway, it was, it was really hilarious. And I think like those kinds of scenes are kind of my favorite where it's like fun for them and fun for, you know, fun for us too. Cause I mean, they were both clearly enjoying it and she was like narrating the whole thing and laughing and it was really a good time. All right. Well, thanks to childhood trauma, that uh, wooden spoon thing made me a little squeezy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I'm not into pain at all. <laughs> like, I just, that's not my thing. Except a good nipple chomp at the right moment, but that's not the same thing. 
that can be really good. Endorphins. Endorphins are. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So I like to wrap up all of my podcasts with a trivia game. It's called Things They Don't Teach You in School. It's a crazy mix of fun facts, random trivia, and totally useless knowledge. Uh, and we, we got these so that we could play, play them just like at the winery. And then I realized there was a lot of sex questions. And for those of you who listen to my podcast a lot, which I think there's one of you, this question has been asked before. So what is the most common place to have sex outside the bedroom? Car. Most common place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I got it. <laughs> I, I would have never thought of that in a million years, but yeah, it's the car. That, that was mine growing up for sure. Like I couldn't have sex in the house. So I had sex in the, anyway. My husband and I, when we first got together, we were, we did in the car a lot because we didn't have any other place to do it. And, and we were like 26. So yeah. I don't think I could get away with that. Now I'm not nearly as flexible as I used to be. And also who doesn't like a good bed? Exactly. I and mean, you I, you know, flexibility, but also like access to toilets and water and pillows, pillows and <laughs> lube and, and yeah. puppy pads. <laughs> and puppy pads. <laughs> All right. So how can people find you? Oh, so the podcast is fat girl finds love and the website is only updated intermittently, but fatgirlfindslove.com. Um, or you can listen, all the places that podcasts are found, Apple, you know, Google, et cetera, Spotify. We're on all of those places and also at Instagram. Yeah. Is it also Fat Girl Finds Love there too? It's Fat Girl Finds Love. Yeah. I okay. try to make it easy for so everyone. Your, your branding is spot on. For the podcast. I yeah. also have a business and that's a different story, but... Yeah. Right. And the podcast is just for fun. We're, I'm just having a good time. I'm so occasionally it's a little intermittent. So you can find me on Instagram at standup comedy sex ed. You can find my website, standupcomedysexed.com. And for my speaking gigs and regular information, raylenetaskoski.com. And I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast. So you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view. Uh, also, you can suggest things that I should cover, which would be cool. And so generally let us know what you think of this episode. So search Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast on Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, leave a review, let other people know that you're enjoying it so we can get those ratings up. And thank yeah. you, Brianna, for being on my podcast. It's been really fun talking to you. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you for having me very much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you.